there. It's Scary Parish. It's Friday, November 13, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. And today, we're going to be continuing our series of short episodes dedicated to the schools in the top 10 of my top 25 and one. We're counting them down 10 to 1 on Monday. We focused on number 10, Wisconsin. On Tuesday, number 9, Creighton. On Wednesday, number 8, Duke. On Thursday, number 7, Kansas. And today, we turn our attention to number 6, Illinois. Norlander, he actually has the Illini ranked 4th in his 1-357 to preseason rankings. I have him 6th in the top 25 and 1, which again is why we're talking about him today. They are 18th at Ken Palm. They are number 8 in the AP poll. We're going to tell you what's to like and dislike about Brad Underwood's team momentarily. But first... Check this out. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So today, the subject matter is Illinois. The Illini last season finished 21-10 and 10 overall, 13-7 and 7 in the Big Ten. They were projected to be a number seven seed in the 2020 NCAA tournament. Then the pandemic hit. That was the bad news. But then there was some rare middle of the pandemic good news for Illinois. Io Desumu, a legitimate NBA prospect, withdrew from the 2020 NBA draft. And Kofi Coburn, another legitimate NBA prospect, also withdrew from the 2020 NBA draft. Just like that, Illinois went from a team that would have been unranked in the preseason to a top 10 team in the preseason. So let's start here, Norlander. Two questions. Did anybody have have any better just before the deadline to withdraw developments than Illinois? And two, is Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn the best inside-outside duo in college basketball? There are other teams that have a case for this, but the way I would frame it is there was no school that benefited more from two players returning that had maybe more doubt about the prospect of getting both those players back than Illinois getting both Coburn and DeSumo back. Baylor obviously getting Macy Oteague and Jared Butler to return was tremendous and is why the Bears are preseason number one in Ken Palm, preseason number one coaches poll, uh, top three AP, et cetera, et cetera. But both of those players were expected to come back. Uh, DeSumo, it was not thought that he was going to come back to college hoops. So him coming back is why I've got Illinois four. Without him, I don't think it's nearly as good of a team. I frankly, I'd have him top twenty five. I just I wouldn't have him top ten. Um, yes, really potentially might be the best 
outside in, inside out combo in college hoops there. Coburn was something of a revelation last season to the point where he became the predominant big for Illinois. And remember, uh, Georgie, uh, I've got... Okay, give it a shot. Give I, it your I, best I, shot. I know how to say it. Are, do, you, do you know how to say it? I'm I not even going to attempt. I didn't even put him in my notes. I'm not trying, let's, not trying uh, to get Let's him. give it a quick cue up here. Shouts to the Big Ten Network. Here's how you say his name for everyone listening. It's pretty easy. It's Georgie Bajanishvili. Here we go. Bajanishvili. Bajanishvili. Say it with me. Bajanishvili. There you go. Bajanishvili. Okay. Um... A lot of Vili's out there in college hoops these days. Shouts we to got a uh, Seton Hall one too, right? Uh, yeah, but he's not a he's he's a he's a Mamu Kalish Vili. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> a lot of Vili's out there. Uh, shouts to the globalization of, of basketball. That's fantastic. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is that Bashanis Vili actually, I think he was like number 99 or 100 on our top 101 list a year ago. He didn't even make it this year. Um, Coburn kind of stepped in and became a predominant force there. Uh, seven footer, you know, just. Uh, 285, 290 pounds and is uh, is magnificent. He was a top 10 freshman in America, uh, I think without, without question last season. He does have some limitations. There is a reason why he didn't go right to the NBA, but returning, he just sets up as this double-double machine monster and... Um, Particularly if he gets even better on on defense, it gives Illinois a, a wonderful shot here. I don't, you know, I I love him. I got him fourth, and some of that is optimistic. I don't deny that, but uh, and they got more than just those two. But it's such a strong one-two combo that to me, um, they set up as the best team in the Big Ten, and in what's going to be the best league in America. Uh, to me, that equates to uh, the fourth best team in the country. One of the things I've consistently talked about for several years now is that. If you look at the top of the rankings or uh, NCAA tournament seedings year after year after year, what you will find more often than not is that the teams at the top aren't necessarily the teams that had the best recruiting classes in America, although we spend in an incredible amount of time talking about the teams with the best recruiting classes in America. The teams that are great typically are teams that had players, a player or multiple players who could reasonably enter the NBA draft. Like we don't think it's crazy if they, if they left, they're, they're probably going to be picked somewhere. First round, second round guys are going to get picked, but they decide to come back to school for whatever reason. And Illinois benefited from that. Um, I, I think probably better than, or more than anybody else this season. You mentioned Baylor. I just didn't think those guys were actually going to enter the NBA draft and stay in the NBA draft. So it wasn't a surprise when they came back. I assumed DeSumo and Coburn were probably gone. I think at least DeSumo would have been picked somewhere. Coburn, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. maybe. maybe. But DeSumo would have been picked somewhere. And so you get those guys back. Just look at last year. I went and looked at you know top 15 at, at Ken Palm. Kansas got Doak and Dotson back for one extra season. They finished number one at Kim Palm. They were going to be the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Obi Toppin was not thought of after his first season at Dayton like he was after his second season at Dayton, but he was a legitimate NBA prospect. He could have entered the draft and probably would have been picked. Yeah. He comes back to Dayton. We know the Dayton story. Michigan State got Cassius Winston back for one more season. Louisville got Jordan Wara back for one more season. Maryland got Jalen Smith back for one more season. Ohio State got Caleb Wesson back for one more season. Six of the top 11 teams at Ken Palm last season were led by borderline pros who return to college for one more season. If you're looking for a team that fits that bill, 
heading into this season, Illinois is perhaps your best example. Yeah, and as you mentioned at the top of the pod, um, quote-unquote, just 18th in the preseason rankings uh, at Ken Palm there, which was, a, I didn't expect Ken Palm to have them as high as, as we did, uh, but I thought it might be, a, you know, in top 15. That's just simply uh, not the case there. It's 17th at, at Torvik, by the way, so the projective measures at this point, a little bit lower on Illinois than we are at this point. Um but beyond the beyond the the big two that we've talked about, and I think that Desumu has like real star power capability, uh, just a, a wonderful player, uh, has a has something of a clutch gene, and and super super tough, fantastic. They're bringing in a freshman named Adam Miller, who I think is going to be. Uh, top three freshmen in the Big Ten potentially this season, certainly top five. Uh, if he can kind of slide in, be an impact player in a different role. I mean, he's he's a, he's a six three combo guard in a different role that Coburn was last year, but Coburn stepped in, was able to be an impact guy right away. I think that'll make a, a big difference there. And then they still bring back uh, Trent Frazier, who's now uh, a senior, and I, I think his inclusion on this roster is is fairly significant there. Um, those are four really, really good pieces there in, in addition to Georgie. So I, I like what they have. I'll also mention that I did a story last season on Underwood and Illinois, and this would have been like mid to late January when Illinois kind of hit its stride at, at their best point. They were 16 and five. Then they had a skid. They finished 21 and 10 uh, and 13 and seven in the league. But Underwood had talked about how in the previous off season, he had really examined what he had been doing at Illinois, what was working, what wasn't working. Um, you know, he, between Stephen F. Austin, Oklahoma state and Illinois, those are three different kind of programs, but he was tr- kind of running the same style consistently. Um, but he realized that there were tweaks that needed to be made to his to his offense uh, significantly. Like he didn't put as much of a premium on offensive rebounding uh, and free throw rate previously. His teams ran; they, they were quick, they were fast, particularly at Oklahoma State. And when he got to Illinois, but the tempo of his team dropped from you know basically seventy one possessions per game in twenty eighteen nineteen to sixty six in twenty nineteen twenty. Five might not seem a lot. It's actually a, it's it's pretty drastic. It's it's good enough for 52nd fastest down to 288th fastest uh, adjusted for for competition there. So I bring this up to say that Underwood has gone a bit of a under a bit of a personal examination of, of his style and what needs to work. And Illinois was definitely better for it. And I would I would expect that to continue. He hasn't like gone full full-on like analytics nerd or anything like that not that there's anything wrong with that from a coaching perspective but he's just he's brought on people that have you know information analytical backgrounds have worked in the NBA and it certainly helped Illinois for the better and if they if they can implement that again to optimal results this season as I think they will that's why I think they're top five quality um, and, I, and I remember talking about this last season after you did that story. You know, Brad's 56 years old. And, you know, sometimes coaches, particularly guys who have been incredibly successful like him, you know, they sort of, hey, this is the way I do it. If it's always worked. I'm going to keep doing it this way. We'll figure it out. Rather than, you know, analyzing, looking in the mirror and saying, okay, is there a way to do this better? Uh, I, I'm really impressed by people who are willing to to – you know, to look inward and go, okay, it, 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 is there another way to do this? And he, he was willing to do that. Obviously he once upon a time worked with Bob Huggins. Huggs has done that throughout his career as well. You know, mixed it up, tried to play different styles to, to maximize his ability to win in any particular season. And so 
I actually had this in my notes because I remembered that story to ask you about, um, you know, the, 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 looking and, and trying to figure out better ways to do it. And clearly they got better after they did it. As you noted, they played slower. They got better defensively and just became a better team uh, in, in general. They went five and one in their final six games and still ended up ranked 11th in offensive rebounding percentage. So uh, they weren't a great team last season, but they did get better as the season progressed, closed pretty strong. And I, I, I know Brad thought that they had a chance to make a run in in the NCAA tournament, which is something that this school hasn't done in a while. You know, the, you know the, Illinois is, is a proud and successful basketball program, but it hasn't been great, consistently great in a long time. You know, they played the title game back in 2005, obviously lost to North Carolina. Haven't been back to the Sweet 16 since 2005. Haven't made the NCAA tournament since 2013. Obviously would have done it last season, but still technically hadn't played an NCAA tournament game since 2013. That streak should get snapped this season, but it's just a reminder it's been a while since Illinois fans have been able to be this excited heading into a season. Oh, yeah. This is, I mean, shouts to Will Leach. We know he's listening. He's he's just out of his mind right now. Um, famous uh, Illinois alum and writer buddy of both of ours. And this is this is the year. And this is, this is one of those classic cases of a team that, with you and I in particular, as we grew up, it wasn't like Illinois was an every year threat or anything like that, but it's had good, you know, Late '80s, obviously '05 specifically, but it was it was more consistently relevant um, in the previous 30, 40, 50 years than it has been over much of the past fifteen. That it's it's nice to see. Uh, I will I won't spoil where they're on the list, but next week uh, I spent you know I spent the off season here and there, kind of slowly but surely, researching the the 68 greatest programs in the in the history of the sport since the tournament began in 1939 and. You know, I was curious about a, a few in particular and where they land. Um, Illinois being one of them, and uh, they have a pretty respectable spot on that. I won't tell you where it is, but you're safely inside the top forty, Illinois fans. Uh, but it was just kind of a reminder that, yeah, this is a this is an a, a program that should be more consistently near the top, particularly because, you know, it's in a it's in a even though Sh- Sh- Champaign, which I've never been to, is not <laughs> not ideally located in terms of. Uh, uh, I, I, I guess geography with getting to the games. I'm, I'm told getting to Champaign is one of the more, unless you can get like a connecting flight there, it's one of the more, uh, it's a it's a hassle to get to. It's kind of like going to K-State. But it's, it's in Illinois, near Chicago. They should be able to bring in talent frequently enough to keep that program on an almost every year basis in the top five of the Big Ten. Just hasn't been the case. With Underwood, perhaps they have that here now. Maybe they've got the coach truly of the future, a coach for the next 15 years that's going to have, you know, maybe in five years we'll be talking about Illinois and it's it's almost an expectation that they're in the top 25 on a year-by-year basis. Don't know if that'll happen, but I do think that uh, Underwood is capable of doing that and and certainly has him on the right track. One... uh, one more thing about the roster. I didn't realize this till I looked uh, prior to our podcast. Edgar Padilla Jr. is on this roster. Come on. Yeah. So talk, yeah, about, like, t- talk about like us growing up and like growing to love the sport. Uh, we might have like 50%, 60%, 70% of our audience is like, okay, what does that mean? Edgar Padilla Jr., baby. What do you mean, what does that mean? He's the son well, of Edgar Padilla, who played at UMass. And UMass. Was- uh, he was on the Final Four team. 
Correct. Just an awesome, awesome. Him and Carmelo Travieso. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna mix in the Padillo and Travieso reference at least three times a year on this podcast. So I did not realize that he's on this roster. I think he might be a walk on, but uh, or if he was a walk on, he got upgraded uh, to scholarship status. He's just a freshman, so that's just a cool, that's a cool thing. And also, yes, we are getting super old. Edgar Padilla Jr. is on this roster. Do you know who else's son is on this roster? Well, Brad's son is on the roster. Oh, that's true. Yes, but somebody another. Pretty famous college basketball player. Um, no, you got me. Demonte Williams is the son of Frank Williams. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's decent, decently, decently well. I should have dropped the trivia time nah, on you. Nah, not good. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's good enough for for a trivia time there. Hey, by the way, did you see what they did on Thursday night, Cats, with Missouri and Illinois? Did you see it? On Thursday night? Yeah. I was yeah. arguing with people on Twitter Thursday that's, night. That's, I, that's I, also true. This was a cool little thing. Just a side note. Uh, let's talk schedule real quick here. Um, so, Illinois, it, it has to go to Duke for the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and uh, that'll be an amazingly awesome game on December 8th. Let's please get that game. I'm super intrigued to see what Illinois does at Duke and without uh, fans at Cameron Indoor. But um, Illinois, Missouri – Thankfully, they said, listen, we're going to play the bragging rights game like we always do. But it has been at a neutral site like every year since the late 70s. And um, this year, that just, I guess, is not doable. I don't have the details on why. It just was deemed that they weren't going to do that. So it was going to have to be on a – they were like, all right, we'll do a campus site. So Andy Katz got the honor um, of having a, a coin that had a Missouri side and an Illinois side. And so – on a live stream on Thursday night, Katz flips the coin to determine who gets the home game for this season because it's not like a Kentucky-Louisville situation or like, you know, a Cincinnati-Xavier situation. No, they always play it on a neutral. Uh, so we flipped it. Mizzou Tigers get to host the game this year. I don't know if that means Illinois is going to get a return or not. Uh, maybe they will. Uh, but anyway, so Illinois, really, really good team this year, is now going to have to play at Mizzou, at Duke. Of course, those games won't have fans, um, but they might take on a, a loss or two that maybe they otherwise wouldn't have if those games were in their home building. Let the record show I have been to Champaign and I have been to a Missouri-Illinois rivalry game. And I've been to Columbia, Missouri. I can check, check all those boxes. You got me beat on all three. Um, I say when I'm introducing this, we'll tell you what's to like and dislike about Brad Underwood's team. We really haven't touched on something to dislike. If, if you are looking for an area that obviously needs improvement, it would be three-point shooting. You know, as a team, they shot 30.3% from beyond the arc last season. That ranked 310th in the country. They were still good despite that, but, like, if you're going to be great, you probably need to shoot it a little better than that. Um, the problem was the backcourt. Io shot 29.6% from three, and Trent Frazier was down to 309 Now, the good news here is that Io shot 35.2% percent from three his first year in college two seasons ago and Trent Frazier was at 40.6 percent from three two seasons ago so you really don't have to ask those guys to be something they've never been just be what you once were and, and suddenly you're you're back up to a respectable uh spot in three-point percentage rankings but 30.3 percent listen you can try to go to a final four shooting at that poorly from beyond the arc but but I wouldn't advise it um there's no reason to think I won't improve as a shooter that Trent Frazier can't get back to something close to what he was two seasons ago. But the way those guys shot it last season, mm -hmm. that that probably wasn't good enough to be great. You're right. And the three-point shooting might have been the biggest factor that kept Io from 
from leaving for good. Yeah. Um, so him coming back would be, uh, and being, you know, jumping that from 29 to 35, 37% would make a, a significant difference there. And then I think Adam Miller will be a reliable shooter. Um, hey, I got some uh, Georgie Bajanashvili fun facts for you. I'd like to, I'd like to toss in at the, at the podcast here. I mean, because sometimes if you go to these, uh, if you go to the team sites and the rosters and you click on the bios, occasionally you get a good little nugget there. Um, favorite foods. Kinkali and pasta. You got any idea what kinkali is? I have. I don't. I. I. I am unaware if I've ever had kinkali. No idea. K h uh, i n k a l i. Didn't even look it up. But kinkali and pasta. It looks like uh, uh, a Georgian dumpling, which originated in the mountain regions of. Shavi to Shetty. Okay, there we go. Um, In Mississippi, we mostly just focused on chicken and dumplings. Okay, well, there we go. Kinkali. Um, hobbies include taking a walk, exploring new areas, and taking a bike ride. I'd take a bike ride with Georgie. I'd like to do that. I would like to. I would. What what new areas would you explore? Champagne, probably. I would. I would like to take a bike ride with Georgie around Champagne. And you know what? We could do that in a socially distanced way. Maybe I can make it happen this year. You could explore. You could explore Champagne. I would like to do that. Kill two birds with one stone. Boom. How about this? Where's 15 in honor of? Nikola Jokic. How good, about that? G- good decision, particularly after this. And then this is my favorite one. Played soccer growing up and was in a dance club from age 6 through 12 where he mastered a number. He mastered these. 12-year-old Georgie's mastering the rumba, the salsa, the samba. People don't realize this, but GP can samba like, like no other. Amazing samba, samba, dude. He also, the jive, the cha-cha. Look at this. All right. Played soccer growing up and was in a dance club from age 6 through 12 where he mastered, and I count, rumba, salsa, samba, jive, cha-cha, tango, English waltz, slow waltz, and, of course, I mean, the foxtrot. So look at this. He's sounds like he's sounds like he needs a TikTok if he don't have a TikTok. You know what? That's a great point. He does need. He does but you need, need to get him a TikTok. He have not, big, have big not t- downloaded TikTok, by the way. Do you have TikTok on your phone? I do have it on my phone. I do not have a TikTok account, but every once in a while, somebody will send me something that they think's funny, and so I just I've got the app so I can laugh at it if it is actually funny. I haven't I haven't taken the plunge. I don't know if I will. Not, don't know if I'm, I think I might have been, I might be too old for it. I, might I, 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 I think we're definitely too old. It also got to a point with all this social media stuff, and I promise we'll get back to Illinois in a second, but uh, like it's just too, mu- too much. Like how, do, how are you supposed to, I get stressed out by it. Like oh, if, you, uh, if you post something on Instagram, do I now need to upload it to Facebook as well? Like, you know, and then it's just, I just drew a line at, okay, I've got Instagram, I've got Facebook, I've got Twitter. Is there anything else out there that will actually impact my job positively? And if the answer is no, I don't. I'm, yeah, I'm an old man with kids. I don't need all this other stuff like Snapchat. I don't think I need Snapchat. You don't. No. English waltz and slow waltz. What's our difference here? English waltz but, got a little pep to it? No well, idea. I think the slow waltz is slow. just a tad bit slower. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, Georgie, uh, he's a wonderful player. Tremendous a play thing. Illinois, some some would say Illinois last season decided to start slow waltzing a little bit. Some might say that might be that might be something that you might not like about Illinois. But we like them this year. They're in the top 10 for both of us, and they're going to compete at the top of the league alongside of Wisconsin and Iowa, maybe Michigan State. But, yeah, should be a fun team and uh, and the most hyped season for Illini basketball in a good while. One last thing. Do you remember my guy, Austin Hutcherson? I do remember your guy, Austin Hutcherson. I did a story, seems like forever ago, 
Um, I was I was on a weekend trip to a bachelor party. I did. I remember writing it from a hotel room before we went to Cubs game in Chicago. Um, interesting story. Division three player, and he was working out in New York with Ron Baker, Noah Vonley, and some other former or, or current NBA players. And you know, Ron Baker, they didn't know this guy, but he yeah. was hooping. And so they're like, yo, man, where do you play? And he told them, and they're like, where is that? He was like, it's a Division three school. They're like, dude, you, why are you in Division three? You could play Division one basketball. And so he had some highlights on YouTube, started sending them out with the help of his trainer. Some coaches started asking for full game tips. So he was sending USB drives that had full games on it. Next thing you know, he's got offers from Notre Dame, from Creighton, Illinois signed with Illinois set out last season, um, but is eligible this season. And by all accounts had a really good, um, you know, a year away from competitive basketball, great athlete, great shooter. I'm not sure what kind of role he'll have on this team, but he's an interesting story that um, if he does uh, prove to be impactful, uh, you'll hear it on broadcast over and over and over again, just like the Duncan Robinson story. Correct. That's exactly what I was going to say. Not that he is the next Duncan Robinson, but if he is really, really good, the Duncan Robinson stuff is going to be mentioned pretty much every single game that he does. So keep keep an eye on that. There's just another potential weapon there for, uh, for the Illini. And, yes, we are now, as we record this, wrapping it up, we are 12 days from the start scheduled start of the season starting to get some cancellations here or there but i got i got the faith I, i'm keeping optimism hopefully illinois is good to go on november 25 shouts to Devin downey shouts to chester south carolina shouts to terry mf and teagle legend shouts to lauren now and thank you guys for listening once again to the iron college basketball podcast right in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime if you enjoy it please tell somebody about it if you're not subscribed please go subscribe Anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate it. And either way, we're going to talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care.